0: Welcome to Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson, the podcast where we head down the road of the supernatural and beyond. So sit back and hold on as we take a ride together to what lies in the unknown and beyond the veil. Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson presents guests, hosts, authors, and investigators, Dan Baldwin and George Sewell. Dan Baldwin is a professional writer often a ghostwriter for other professionals. He has written and co-written or ghosted more than 50 books and has won numerous local, regional, and national awards. He is a certified clinical hypnotherapist, plays the Native American flute, and is an expert pendulum dowser, having used the pendulum to assist in finding missing persons for over 15 years. George Sewell describes himself as a cognitive philanthropist. Active in all aspects of theater, his undergraduate degree in speech and journalism from Northwestern State University in Louisiana, and a Master of Arts degree in drama and communications from the University of New Orleans. As a playwright, he has written plays for community theater, college theater, and dinner theater. Vocationally, he has retired as a counselor, program manager, and administrator in the field of addictive disorders, including problem gambling. And now your host, Daniel Jackson with... UFOs, UAPs, Pendulum Star People, alien abductions, what's next?
1: Well, when I went with a cup of coffee, of course, it was gone, and that's when it went click. I said, okay, right. all right, I see what they're doing. Sure. They were giving me a taste of what's known as um, alien apathy. Okay. And that's the case when someone has an encounter or some experience and they react to it in a way that is far different from what they would usually do or would be expected to do. Sure. Um, and that night when I was meditating on it, because it was, it was just such an incredible experience, uh, it just nailed that yes, everything that we're researching, everything we're doing, it is absolutely genuine, real, and and being encouraged to continue, and I got a sense of a phrase to describe what had occurred that morning, and that phrase was diplomatic reveal, and I, th- mm-hmm. I think that was a very precise way to describe what had happened to me that morning. It was very personal, it was done strictly for me, and that's something I, re- I <clears throat> thought back that when I was interviewing people back in the eighties and nineties, that for many of them, they felt it was a very personal encounter. And now I understood what they meant. So Mm -hmm. there was just a lot of information conveyed in just observing the the sphere and in understanding that that they were giving me a taste of how the communication works on a mental level. And it is very, very subtle, very subtle.
2: Yeah. But, but you, you felt it enough that you uh, absolutely knew this is ac- exactly what was going on. This is what was taking place. Well,
1: this is literal. I mean, I'm literally yeah. seeing. It. I mean, but, yeah, I, but, it, I'm but allowed. it was
2: enough for you to make a statement that you were like, yeah, this is going on.
1: Oh, yeah. 7 a.m. morning, bright eyed, bushy tail. There's no other <laughs> variable.
2: Than no,
1: no. Actually seeing what right. is there and being allowed to see it, not allowed to approach it.
2: Right. Not yet.
1: Whatever reason, like, I can right. look at it all I want, but cannot approach it. Um, but that was, uh, that just really emphasized that the research in this book is very likely accurate and useful and certainly supported by whoever they are.
2: And have you had any other experiences since 2020, since then?
1: Not in, not in a personal sense like that, what Dan alluded to about me and the orbs is uh, a principal player in the Lindsay story uh, turns out to be um, the spirit of a 19th century American actress, Kate Bateman, okay. uh, who's very familiar with all of the players, especially with me and Dan. And early on, Kate was wanting to get my attention. And The way that occurred, and still continues, is I had a routine of taking an early morning walk uh, around Mike Woods Park in Bossier City. And it's at the end of the runway at Barksdale Air Force Base. There may be some some connection there. But it was one December morning and the baseball field was covered in frost and it was kind of pretty. So I took a little picture of it with my iPhone and put it up on Facebook as a scene on my morning stroll. And got some responses back. Oh, George, that's that's really pretty and shiny. But what's with the blue tennis ball? What? Went back and looked at the photograph. Hadn't even noticed it. But hovering above the field is a blue orb. Oh. I said, what on earth? Well, that's got to be a lens flare or something, because the morning sun's out there. Um, but I decided on subsequent mornings, I would stop at the same spot and retake, recreate the photograph.
2: Right, right. Sure.
1: and. By golly, the orbs kept showing up in the photographs. I don't see them, but the camera captures them. Right. And after five or six days of this, I'm saying, wait, something's going on here. So I sent the pictures out to Dan and asked him to take the pendulum, see, see what he gets or what on earth is this. And he came back with uh, the orb is a spirit. It's a spirit known to you, but not in this lifetime.
2: Right. Yeah, because sometimes they do come back and visit us from and that's, yeah,
1: that's when I had a subtle impulse to look for nineteenth-century American actresses,
0: sure. and
1: that's where I found Kate. And that kept being reconfirmed. And in fact, just yesterday morning, took a morning walk, went down the park, took the same old picture, and there's a blue sparkly orb. I mean, she 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 hangs still, around,
2: still hanging out.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, but one of our mediums uh, did a formal session specifically uh, to get her impressions of Kate Bateman and what Kate wanted to bring to this investigation and to the book. And we, we, got a, we got a lively bit of information about okay. Kate. Oh, yes, it was a full two hours. And uh, the gist of it being, there's a chapter in the book that's called The Stage Manager, and it's about Kate and apparently, her stage managing this entire project, right. putting the bug in Lindsay's ear. You got to get this out. You got to yeah. get this out. Um, the bug in the ear. You, know, you need to call George. You need to call George. Uh, the thought. Okay, we well, need to bring Dan in. Dan's got to get involved in this. Everything just clicked together uh, so so nicely that it was it was almost scripted. And I believe that was uh, Kate's. But
2: I mean, that's that's cool to know that I mean that they really are aware of everything that's going on, not just you know.
1: Oh, very much so. Little
2: bits and pieces. You got two hours worth of stuff. I mean, how often does that happen? Where you know, like we talked about earlier, the TV shows and stuff like that. They get a couple of seconds here and there and that. But uh, you got two hours worth of information from. Yeah,
1: that, that was part. just that one session. I mean, we had we had many pendulum sessions with Kate as well. So it's just. Uh,
3: yeah, let me jump in with one of the advantages of the pendulum is uh you know you're not depending on hopefully getting uh, you know one uh, a two second evp or something like right. that you can carry on extended conversations as long as the long as the person is there willing to speak with you you can c- continue the conversation
2: yeah i had an experience similar to that where like uh when i was first finding out this is what i was i had a, a paranormal group come to the house because uh And But the thing about it for me is they showed up in their van with their little insignia on it. And all I could think to myself was, man, I don't want to be this kind of famous because everyone's going to think they're living next to the Blair Witch Project. (laughs) But but unfortunately for them, they were But and still went on for years. But but, uh, they came with digital cameras and they took pictures. And every time they took pictures, they took pictures of each member of the team. Then me by myself or me with one of them. Every time I took a picture of one of those guys, there was nothing there. But when they took a picture of me, I had like 15 or 20 light orbs completely surrounding mm-hmm. me the whole time. And they just couldn't, they were like, this is crazy. We've never seen this much before. And then, uh, they tried using one of those, uh, those spirit box things and, uh, and uh, as soon as they had me go in my bedroom and pretend I was sleeping. So I did. And I laid down and they come in and they turned it on. And as soon as they turned it on, it's, it it spit out words. It said, Wendy, Paul, Michael, Helen. It said special energy, unique light. They even asked the questions. And for 10 minutes straight, they asked the questions and it answered every single question for 10 minutes. But the strange part was they asked uh, like one question they asked. They said, are you here to harm Daniel? And it comes through in that computer voice that says, no, we are not here to harm Daniel. We love Daniel. Daniel's light. Daniel is the light. And I was like, what that's supposed to mean? And uh, so when we got done, they went out of the room and I go out, My they're standing there talking I'm in a huddle. And I said to my wife, what, what are they doing? And she's like, I don't know. They're really discussing this. So they get done. And I said, Hey, did you get all that information? That was really cool. And they said, well, there's an issue, Mr. Jackson. And I was like, what do you mean? There was an issue. I didn't you hear all that. And he said, yeah, well, well, whenever we use this box, we can get it to say a word or two, but it never says sentences. And I was like, but you got sentences. He said, yeah, we kind of got to figure this out. We'll come back for a big <laughs> reveal later on. And uh, they left my house and they said, we'll be back in two weeks. And uh, and I said, OK, because they, they had these little boxes, the little boxes with wires on it and lights on it sticking up. And right. they placed them over by the uh, doorways. And and they said, what do you have in from, where do you get stuff going on? I said, well, everywhere in the house, but uh, let's go in the bedroom. I walk in and every one of those boxes lights up and makes this blue noise. And I turn around and look at them and they're looking at me like, <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? You're the professionals. Tell me what's going on here. But every time they walk through nothing. So it was only me, but uh, yeah, they said, they'll be back two weeks later. You know what? They never came back. Yeah. They, uh, they, uh, I finally got a hold of him like six weeks later, and they said, no. "I said, Are you coming back?" And he said, "No." I said, "Why not?" He said, "Because as soon as we got on your front lawn, the team broke up. They, they're too afraid to come back in your house." I was like, <laughs> "Good, great." What do you mean they're too afraid? He said, "Yeah, there was so much going on." He said, "He said it usually takes us ten or fifteen homes to get that kind of information, not just from one." And I was like, "I don't know what to do." He said, "I don't know what to tell you to do." It was just <clears throat> really, really strange, but. I ended up uh, finding five mediums and they told me what was going on, but it seems like you guys are really getting, I mean, the consistency is the amazing part to me. I mean, but I'm used to consistency here, but I don't ever hear from other people getting this kind of consistency that you guys are getting. And I mean, everyone is really willing to play a part in this story that you guys got. So, so where did you, Where did you move on from here? I know that you're having these types of experiences, George. But what kind of experiences were were you having? I mean, were were you also seeing Dan? Were you seeing uh, because you say, George, you see the orbs? I don't don't
1: see the the orb. Right, but but you
2: see them afterwards.
1: I see the photograph.
2: Yes. Yeah. Meaning they're hanging around you all the time. So, what about what? What is your? uh, What is your? what what kind of experience are you having,
3: Dan? Yeah, right now, I am experimenting with trying to make uh, trying to make contact with the UFO uh, uh, occupants, and basically, I am essentially uh, 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 involving a, a system that uh, Dr. Stephen Greer came up with. Uh, CE five. Yeah, CE five. I belong to that group. Yeah, so I'm uh, I do do a, do a meditation, then I go out uh, outside. Uh, preferably camping or hiking by myself, but off, also in my front yard. And I just uh, employ telep- telepathy, send out yes. very positive, loving messages and requests for contact. And so far, I mean, I'm not hitting 100% or anything like that, but I'm having, you know, I will, I will meditate, ask, uh, ask for a response, and I get a response. And some of the responses are, are pretty dramatic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah it, that's it's an ongoing process, but that's yes. what I'm doing now.
2: Yes, I, I get the same thing where when, when spirit t- speaks to me, it's telepathy. That's exactly the way yeah. it is. And and I've I've had some experience as well with ETs as well, like, uh, like uh, for myself, uh, when I look up in the skies, I don't see the stars anymore. That's going away now, like three mm-hmm. and a half years ago. So all I see is the moon in a blue-black sky. So if there's any other light that it's uh, artificial up in the sky, I see it. And I see these... Uh, these looks like a letter y these like four stars and then another star so it looks like a letter y and i'm told these are ships that are hovering above the earth and they are watching us and i in the very beginning of me being this when i was meditating i had a being come in and he is an extraterrestrial uh and he calls himself charlie and that's what he wants to talk to me as and and he watches me all the time. He's always in constant observation of me all the time. But I'm still not sure what he's watching me for, although I have been told by my archangels that he will eventually come here and speak with me. Uh, and uh, so have, have you guys had that uh, other than the uh, the story itself with Lindsay? Have these other beings, these other extraterrestrials um, said anything of other than just from the story? Are, are they trying to contact with, make contact with you, with you guys in other aspects just other than the story?
3: Well, well to me, I'll, I'll speak first and let George take over. For me, there's obviously some kind of communication is going on. And yeah. obviously, they are in charge. But it, <laughs> it is going two way because uh, they do respond to requests to show up. And in my case, it's uh, they're showing up in the traditional uh, TikTok formations or the, the I've seen a black disc or I've seen the white disc. But it's in response to a request. So there's, there's some kind of communication going on. And I don't know where it's going, where it's leading to, but it's leading somewhere. Sure. And George is getting, uh, yeah, tell them about what you're getting, George.
1: Okay, yeah. I'm, in
3: addition I'm, to the orbs.
1: Yeah. Um, over the last couple of years when I'm making my Morning walks and sometimes afternoon walks down to the Mike Woods Park. Uh, I will set this particular location just for consistency's sake and take a photograph. Sometimes the orb is there, sometimes it's not, but also sometimes there are things in the sky uh, that I do not see, but the camera photographs. And upon closer examination, um, it's easy to determine that whatever it is is not a bird, it's not hmm. an insect. Uh, It has nothing to do with any of the aircraft at Barksdale Air Force Base, but it is clearly something there. And over the years, uh, I've captured numerous sizes and shapes um, of things in the sky that I do not see, but is clearly uh, able to be photographed. So that continues. In fact, Dan and I were swapping yesterday uh, uh, the, the photograph where ask him to take his pendulum and need to figure, is this a bug or is this an, a UAP? Sure. And, uh, jury's kind of out on that.
2: Yeah. And, and I would have to me- imagine that would be a little bit uh, not always easy to understand. I mean, come on, we look up in the sky here. We, everyone here knows what an airplane looks like. <laughs> I mean, it, they're all kind of consistently looking the same as as opposed to Uh, what maybe black ops projects are doing we have no idea what they're doing all the time but the usual airplanes look like airplanes but when you see something else that you know doesn't have any wings on it it's got to make you think it's got to make you think really hard trying just to figure that out and i'm sure with uh, the type of experiences you guys are having i mean we know there's not just one uh type of uh or one one set of beings that are looking upon us. There are many types, and trying to figure out what those different many types are has got to be a challenge for you guys.
3: You no, know, my main question is just uh, as we discussed early early on, uh, what's next? Something is something is coming up, right? And we're being we, we're being led somewhere. And right. I would like to know uh, where. Yeah, because I mean. You're you're like so you had
2: this experience with with Lindsay, but now you're having something else, and you know she's being contacted for one reason. So what is the other reason that they're making a different type of contact for? What what's what's the uh, what's the reason behind all that? And that's that's what I find interesting because I mean, if they can already make contact in one way, why are they trying to do it in a different way?
3: Yeah, one thing I think. Uh... One of the reasons George and I were brought together on the Lindsay's case, I think, is just to uh, to get Lindsay out there, to give her the confidence to go out there, sure, and, and and tell people, you know, this is my story. You have a story. There's no there's no reason for you to be afraid to tell your story. You know, follow my example. I think that's a side that's a sidebar now to to George and I probably headed out someplace else.
2: Right. Why do you? I mean, there's got to be another reason. do you think George you and George were brought together just for that? because I don't think so. I,
3: I, you no, know, there's got to be more to it. That's my opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, would, I would think so too. So as far here's a question I want to ask, because I've had an experience with these people um, since being here, uh, and what part do, the men in black play in all of this?
1: Yeah,
3: that's for George.
1: <laughs> I've, uh-
2: ha- I've had an experience with them.
1: Neither Dan nor I have. Uh, Lindsay most likely had some sort of communication with the MIBs uh, with some very curious telephone calls that uh, she received in her office. And that's we mentioned that in the book. But um, the impression we got from the pendulum when we questioned in in a session about the men in black, uh, they were not a threat to Lindsay. In fact, it was more of a protective measure. Sure. However, that goes down.
2: Sure. I mean, do you think that's the, that's the case all the time with other people uh throughout this world? Because I mean, we do hear kinds of uh, not so good stories all the time.
1: I have no idea. I've only been acquainted with Lindsay and her story.
2: Right. Maybe it's just based on an individual case and, and what, what that individual was doing at that time. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had my own experience. So the way that I got out here to Arizona was uh, I was brought, uh, I'm, I'm able to channel and uh I was brought a message four years ago that we would be moving out west. And then a year ago, we were told it was going to be Arizona. And uh, I asked Spirit through this channeled message, "Where in Arizona. And they said, you'll know. So the very next day I woke up, I said to my wife, give me a map of Arizona. And she did. She put it down in front of me. I closed my eyes, took my finger and started pointing on the map where I'm going to go. And I kept getting no answers all the time until boom down Sierra Vista. And that's where we're moving. Um, unknown to me, I didn't know there was an intelligence base here. Uh, and then I found out um, later that uh, at Fort Pachuca back in the 60s and 70s, they used to do experiments on sp- psychic mediums. Uh, but uh, my experience with the men in black was, I was out riding my motorcycle one day here about four months ago. And when I was riding around, there was someone, two people dressed in suits, uh, and they were in a completely white SUV, and they followed me all over the entire town, because I just, and they only stayed about two car lengths behind me, and I was watching them, and I noticed, okay, this is the same car, what's going on here, and then I could see in there because I'd stop at a light, and I'd turn around and take a look. And uh, they followed me throughout the so I went throughout the whole entire town, not only that that I went throughout all the plazas in town, And not just drove around. And they completely followed me the entire time. The only time they stopped following me was I went on a, a road called Charleston Road that leads over to Tombstone. It's one road in, one road out type of thing. Yeah. And uh, and uh, been there many what's times. What's that?
3: Said so I've been on that road many times.
2: Yeah, it's a cool road to ride a motorcycle. Yeah, one, beautiful. But, uh, but that's not what I was thinking about when I was going down at this time, because I was <laughs> like, what is going on here? But uh, as soon as I got on the Charleston Road, I got down a ways. So then they stopped, they actually did a U turn and left. And I don't know if it was they didn't want to follow me down for one reason or another, but maybe they thought uh, because they saw that I had a gun on my hip, because I was prepared. I was thinking, I'm going to go down this road. If they're going to keep following me, I'm getting off my bike and I'm pointing my gun at them. And, uh, but they just stopped, made a U turn and left. And that was it. And But that's the only. Uh, the only um, experience I had with them, but when I got home, because I went immediately went home, uh, I started asking Spirit if uh, if that's what was going on, was I being followed, and, and I keep getting yes, and then I also keep getting yes that they are monitoring me, monitoring me all the time, frequently. Uh, but uh, so then I talked. Um, I saw some guy kept showing up on my Facebook page. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but his name was Paul something, and. He, and he works with uh, people who do remote viewing and I'm also able to remote view, but I don't, I don't have control of it yet, but uh, I was asking him some questions and then I was telling him the whole story of how I got here and all that. And he said, Oh yeah, I know where that place is at. And I said, Oh, how do you know that? He goes, Oh, cause I worked there. I did those experiments. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not so great. But uh, yeah, that was the last time I talked to him too. But, uh, but uh, I've, that was my experience with them. But I, I'm also told by asking questions, uh, they said, eventually I'll be picked up and I'll be questioned because they want to, th- because I, I have something going on with me as a medium that no, I know from talking to archangels that no one else has. And uh, they say that I'll be picked up in question because they want to find out how I do what I do. And they want to be able to see if they can do it too. And I mean, that has me a little bit worried. So I'm, I'm, I make sure I have my my firearm with me all the time because I'm going out swinging. I'm not just gonna let them look go. do yeah. it. But uh, so do you? Do you guys have other? Uh, I know I know you you you're seeing spirit or, or you're having communication with spirit, and I know you are having uh, these communications with with what we would call ETS as well. Is is there any other thing out there that you believe uh, or? or anything else that plays a part in this story that you guys do, that you're having communications with or, or having actual, I mean, had, I, I would have to guess that, uh, or I don't know, maybe you guys, have you ever met anything in person or, or, is, or is this is as far as it has gone for you so
3: far? I haven't met anybody, uh, any entity directly in person, physically, you know, they've been around uh, psychically. Right, right. As, so as far as in, encountering a gray or a um, right, a reptilian or a you know, Nordic, to my knowledge, no,
2: no. And so, do you? Be- and like you said, the uh, the, the the beings that were had this contract with with Lindsay. So it's been it's always been the same being, as, and there's no one else that's ever coming in as well as part of that contract. Or do you believe we have other contracts with other beings as well?
3: Well, well, my opinion is uh, the original contract was set 4,000 years ago, and probably, uh, uh, this is speculation, probably through the years, different teams have come and different teams and different individuals have probably come in and out to to play their particular role and then moved on.
2: Right, right. And so since, uh, do you, I've heard stories before as uh, uh, different presidents too, we've also have also made agreements. Have you, uh, have you come across any of that stuff?
3: just what I've read in the literature. Yeah, we, um, haven't,
1: we haven't explored anything of that nature.
2: No, so you you guys are just sticking to, I mean, not that you need to, because apparently you're getting a lot of information about this one particular story, and where it's leading also uh, well, for your own experiences as well,
3: correct? There, there's an interesting area we're beginning to look into. Uh, I don't know, again, where that's going to lead, but uh, it's a common theme in Native American cultures and other cultures is the visitation of yeah. the sky people yes uh what we're doing is uh, obviously the louisiana area is rich with native american uh sites arizona utah and New mexico is just loaded with the stuff so uh, recently i've been going out uh, taking my hiking trips or my camping trips and i will go to a site that's uh, historical that goes back you know 500 years a thousand years ten thousand right. years and we'll do a pendulum reading like i'll, I'll go to a petroglyph site or a uh cliff dwelling site uh sit down and do my normal thing and then have a, a pendulum spirit session and ask if uh in fact the sky people show, ever showed up what were they like uh, what was your interplay like did you did you go up on the ships uh did you worship them uh did you trade with them that sort of thing and we're collecting a whole stack of stories uh along
1: that along that vein right
3: now
2: and does that mean another book is going to be coming out
1: that's Paranormal Pendulum, Volume 4. That's wow. probably
3: where this one's heading.
1: Yeah, because wow. uh, uh, we had a session uh, here in Shreveport. Dan was not, not able to join us, but uh, uh, with a group that's fairly constant now, it's kind of an investigative team, but we've identified a couple of people who were most likely uh, sky people uh, at a particular location uh, at a certain time uh several thousand years ago so we're we kind of got a little focal point to begin and
2: do you guys think that there's uh many locations that uh that, that these sky people actually do visit i mean uh we see the tv shows you know anything that's got to do with uh, area 51 or or skinwalker ranch that type of thing do you believe that there these guys are i mean i'm sure that it's not just us here in the united states i hear about uh other uh, encounters that they're having, especially over in other countries where this is more well accepted over there. I mean, so
1: Australia, I believe the indigenous people have legions of story of interactions with sky people.
2: Right, right, right. What what is your opinion on that? uh, Why uh, do other countries think this is okay to talk about, yet the United States is still trying to hide every secret they can from us? Amir george uh either of you
3: okay i'll I, I rack it up to uh cold war uh, cold war paranoia right it goes back to the 40s in other words sure. there are these you know we have to protect our nation but we've got these things flying in our sky even doing uh, flyovers of the white house back in right. the early 50s You're, you know about that and there's nothing we can do about that so no. you know, we can't we can't admit that that we are powerless so right. we make fun of everybody we cover it up and we, we ridicule the people who are doing serious work i think yes. that's that's you, the, the the root of it if Fear. they were
2: going to do something to us they would have done it to us by now
1: oh yeah we wouldn't be having this conversation
2: yeah yeah i i uh, i uh so i i try to tell people i don't know if this is your idea of uh of why we are here but um uh, I try to tell people all the time that, that, you know, we weren't exactly born of Adam and Eve or Adam and Steve. I tell the people that we are born of them. They are coming They have brought us here. And that's why we are here. You know, we didn't evolve from monkeys because monkeys are still monkeys. So uh, we, we are here of them and then they are still coming here to, to check on us, to uh, see our progress and see what we're doing. I mean, Obviously, we're not doing very well, because if, if, if you as if those were such a threat, don't you think we would be uh, pointing missiles up into the sky instead of pointing missiles back at each other? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me all the time. So uh, so what 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 is your thought on that? Do you do you believe that as well, that we are their children?
1: Well, there's a small chapter in the book where we explore uh, Lindsay's belief that she has had hybrid children. Right. And that kind of follows that same line. And uh, um, it would be perfectly sensible thousands of years ago for an advanced civilization to do what we can do medically now.
2: Right. To, right.
1: To for the improvement and enhancement of a particular species. So it, it's it's certainly logical, uh certainly doable. And personally, I think well, well, that's very likely the best explanation.
2: Do you think that the, that they had her produce these hybrids uh, for the reason that maybe they themselves are no longer able to do this, and maybe they're they're just trying to to enhance their own population as well?
1: Or do you think you it's didn't just something? I'm that questioning specifically for this book,
3: right? Gotcha. There, there is yeah. Let me drop in something real quick though. There is an interesting thing that, that kind of ties into the two-way uh, communication deal uh, with this. Uh, Lindsay, you know, throughout her life has had enormous pain. You know, she's had typical of the abductee, you know, mysterious illnesses, mysterious pains, mysterious scars, and a lot of pain. And during one of our sessions, we made contact with the ETs and explained to them that what they were doing was causing her serious pain. And, could, you know, if they were going to continue, which she was okay with, but if they were going to continue, could they do it without pain? Right. And so we got a yes response. And what Lindsay tells us is, since then she's had, you know, met the, the same repeated medical issues, but uh, those related to the UFO experience are no longer painful.
2: Oh well, that's good. I mean,
3: I mean that's that's
2: good. That uh, that's one thing that's probably helped her is, again with making contact with you guys. Again,
1: again, if, the whole thing was stage managed. yeah, <laughs>
2: asking the correct I mean, question. Yeah. Yeah, that you gotta ask the right questions and and we don't always know to ask the right questions. And that's why sometimes it's better to have others involved in it so we can get some different questions answered. And now she's no longer going to, even though she still has to deal with the same problems from the, the from the other encounters she's had. But hopefully maybe this time. Or have you guys ever asked to uh to do that for the next possible time that she has to come here that hopefully she won't have to go through the same type of pain the next time. She so there's came. a
1: little little section in the book where she gave me a heads up that she had a visitation. Oh, good. Um, and I immediately came up with a list of questions, did a pendulum session uh, shortly thereafter, asked the same questions the following morning to see if the pendulum would have the same responses. And by and large, they, they were they were the same. Right. Also used the pendulum to do a list of questions that Lindsay had about the experience. So um, that's as close as we, as we got to actually getting real, not real time, but uh, immediate question and answer following any, any. Uh, sure. any
2: sure. Well, Hey, I mean, it sounds to me that you're, you're helping she's getting, you guys are getting a story from this, but she's actually getting help from this just by being with you guys. I mean,
1: yeah.
2: I, yeah. That seems to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's nothing wrong with that. We could all use a little help in this world, especially with with a lot of things that we don't understand that's going on in this world. Absolutely. So uh, I think I've taken up enough of your time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, been I've, delightful. Heard some, I've heard some really <laughs> good things here. So uh, where can uh, where can my my listeners find you guys? Where can they find uh, all of your books? Because apparently you guys are really good at writing books. I've written one book and it oh man that was a painstaking thing <laughs> but, uh, but uh, i'm not a good writer you know i i wrote a bunch of paragraphs and my grammar is horrible but uh, i just gave it to the editor and she turned it into a book but uh apparently you guys are getting some good experience with writing books so i'm sure it's a little bit easier than it was in the very beginning where can where can everyone find you how can they get a hold of your books
3: well well this book and in all, all of my paranormal books uh are available on uh, wherever you, wherever you buy your books, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, uh, Smashwords, wherever you buy your books. Uh, our books are available. Oh,
2: awesome, awesome! Can yeah. you can you uh, say out loud a, a list of all the names of your books? I mean, at the end of the video or the uh, the broadcast, we'll we'll put links up for all that. But I'd sure like to hear all the names too.
3: Well, the paranormal books I've got. Uh, Lord, um, the, the Practical Pendulum. Uh, the Paranormal Pendulum, Dowsing the Deceased. Paranormal Pendulum Two: What the Spirits Say. This one, Paranormal Pendulum Three, about Lindsay Higgins. Right. I've also got a book about uh, uh, my uh, missing persons experience called uh, the, the Psychic Detective Guidebook. Wow. I've got a book on uh, cases that I worked called uh, They Are Not Yet Lost.
2: Wow. Wow. And, so, uh, sounds yeah. like you're like you're not not busy that's for, sure. that's for sure uh how do you get in the time to actually write a book when you're actually doing all this investigation time it's got to be it's, 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 this is your life's work i would i would imagine yeah. so, this is just what you do
3: this is exactly that, that's it i get up uh i get up in the morning have my cup of coffee stumble to the computer and start writing and then on the days that i don't stumble to the computer i'm stumbling through the desert looking for uh you know cliff dwellings or you know, petroglyph panels or whatever. Driving to see George over in Louisiana.
2: Yeah, I bet. I bet you have seen, uh, uh, especially around in, in the desert around here. I bet you have seen some some beautiful and amazing places. Oh, it's
3: well. it's, it's amazing, absolutely
2: yeah. amazing. Yeah, coming from Delaware, where the only thing is you see is homes, and then you go to the beach. Yeah. Every day I walk out of the house, I just I can't take my eyes off those mountains. There's just something about the mountains, something about this area around here beyond beyond the other day when we were in the kitchen my cats were playing with something and we walked over there to see what it was and uh, we found our first uh like two inch long scorpion in the house no, but get used to it <laughs> yeah yeah i don't want to get used to that or the javelinas or, or all the other uh, uh the first cool. time i saw a javelina i took a picture of it and i showed my wife and i said look here's some javelinas we we're outside in the driveway and then a three-legged coyote coyote come walking up the street i was like oh my goodness and I ran over there and said, here, boy, here, boy. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's got three legs. It's not like I can't get away. You know, I got a gun on me, but, uh, oh, just, it's, get, it's amazing. It. place. The the energy here is so, is so wonderful and the scenery here is so wonderful. So I'd imagine you, you have seen some, some beautiful places, not to cut you out, George, I'm sure Louisiana is, Louisiana is pretty nice, but, uh, <laughs> I think I drove through there. That's about it. Uh, on yeah. the way over here, but took the Southern route, but, uh, Oh, you come yeah, here? Yeah, George
1: Harvard?
3: has a number. George has a number of
2: books, also. That, yeah, um, how many books do you have, George?
1: I have been several through the years. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote my first uh, book on on this subject—a novel. It's called *A Turn at the Point*. Uh, that included, uh, in disguise form, a lot of the case works I did back in the '80s and '90s and and whatnot. So that. Uh, that was a fun book there's my signature book habits patterns and thoughts that go bump in the night um that uh kind of takes what i learned through 30 years being a counselor that right. uh, was effective with with people uh, making changes in their lives so those, those are the, the two and there's there's some others uh book on poetry and stuff
2: i myself am not a book reader but uh I'm going to turn my wife on to all your books because she's going to read them for me and then she tells me about them. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have the patience to read a book. The only book I've read recently was uh, I had to do uh, read my own book because I had to make sure everything was correct. But then uh, it was hard to read my own book, but uh, I get it. But, well, buy uh, me
3: a cup of coffee and I'll bring you an autographed copy.
2: Oh, that You're would in be the neighborhood. Awesome. yeah, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So hey, I appreciate you guys coming on the show today. Uh I'm going to go check out this the, this program on Netflix for sure because I want to see exactly what happened to her because I mean, just by listening to the stories that you guys have told, I mean, I know it's only a 20-minute program, but just like with me when I see spirit, I get a flash of something real quick. I get a lot of information really quick, so I'm sure 20 minutes is was was plenty, you know, to uh, to get to get someone else intrigued and and that's what my uh that's what my point of having this show is, is, is finding people who are who are just regular people who are having these types of experiences and going, and having these truthful types of experiences and not that, you know, just the TV shows trying to tell you one point, one thing when it's not actually going on. But, uh, you know, it's all for ratings and money. But uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm glad to have you guys on the show because this is something that I have yet to have on the show. Uh, in such great te- in such great detail, and it's a it's a uh, it's a privilege and an honor to uh, to meet you both and to have you both on my show.
1: Have a lot of fun. Appreciate it, Daniel.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you guys being a here. Lot. It's been fun. And uh, as I tell everybody, uh, I hope everyone listens to the show and pays attention to the show, and uh, and I hope they 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 find where you guys are and get interested in this and uh, and pursue their own uh, ideas of what they want to do in this world, not just sitting around trying to buy uh, six cars and seven houses and 10 boats. Because uh, <laughs> who who needs all that? There's much more in the world and there's just that stuff. So uh, again, I appreciate you guys for coming out. And uh, right. I want to thank everybody for coming to listen to the show uh, and uh, and uh, listening to uh, Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson and me. And have a great day. And as I tell everybody at the end of my show, uh, be good and don't do any stupid shit, because, uh, <laughs> and if you are going to do stupid shit, don't get caught. That's all. But uh, absolutely, this was great. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate
0: it. This was Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson, with UFOs, UAPs, pendulums, star people, alien abductions. What's next? For more information about Dan and George, please see the description of the podcast for links to their websites. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time on Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson.